Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eye. As though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Live from Hollywood, California, this is So I Married a Movie Geek. What's up, my homies? What's up, my homies? <laughs> Welcome to So I Married a Movie Geek. My name is Chrissy McQueen, a.k.a. Chrissy Winters. I feel like I should tell people that because they're confused when they contact me on Twitter, and it's Chris Winters. Well, I tried to uh, remedy that at the beginning, but you wouldn't listen. That's Justin Winters, by the way, my husband. <laughs> he is the movie geek to which, uh, to whom, I should say, I am married. The reason for the confusion on the name, let's just get that out of the way. My maiden name is McQueen, like Steve McQueen, but with an A in it, M-A-C. The reason that I use it sometimes is because it rolls off the tongue. Chris McQueen! It's like, oh, that's me. That's who I am. And then I married Justin, who has the lovely last name of Winters. Great last name. I'm happy to have it. But when it comes to things like the podcast, or Theta, or things like that, I'm like, eh. Keep the McQueen. Right? The five people that are listening are like, whatever. I don't care what movies did you see this week. <laughs> Probably. But yeah, it's a big deal. No, but anyway, that's the confusion. It's the same person. I don't have an evil twin. It's just me with two different names. That would be cool if like one was like your white swan and Winters was your black swan. That's true. <sighs> yeah, so kind of that's, that's how it works. So if you Google me... Both of them are me. But if you say Kristen, you're going to get my sister-in-law. Hi, sister! Okay, done. That's the story. That was great. So we saw <laughs> weird movies, shall I say, this what, what, week. What episode is this? 40. Nuh-uh. Yeah? It is? I think so. Wow. The big number 40. 4 So to celebrate that, you're like... Let me pick the worst movie I can think of. No, 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 no. 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 What happened? No, this is what happened. Justin was really excited. And he was like, oh my God, I get the best idea for the podcast movies. And I was like, what is that? He goes, let's each pick a movie off of the instant queue from Netflix. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't say exactly like that. Would you like to imitate how you said it? No, but... (laughs) Because that's how I heard it. Dude, we've gone without internet in our apartment for like three weeks. More than that. And that might sound like a little bit of white wine, but three weeks, man. White wine, by the way, is what we're drinking, and it's not very good. It was Tubac Chuck Sauvignon Blanc, and so I tried to doctor it by putting an Osti in it. I was talking about W-H-I-N. I know, but you said that, and my mind went to the wine on the table. All right, Drucky McGee. I have a higher tolerance for wine than I than I ever knew, and I found that out interestingly about a week ago. Nice. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, so it was like we were just excited to have the internet finally, Woo. and Netflix. You know, the instant viewing is pretty amazing. So we both decided to pick. Each of us would pick a movie from Netflix instant viewing. Right, and Justin was like, "But you have to go first. Yes, because I'm gonna like." Based my decision based off of what you picked. And I went, okay. So our internet was literally hooked up like an hour before this. 
He puts on the Netflix instant queue, hands me the Xbox remote, and is like, look through our queue. Like, with an expansive sweep of his hand. It's like a wizard or something. No, you were, you, but you were really excited. So I, I'm holding the remote, and I'm like, okay. So I start going, you know, I start using my thumb to click to the right on it. I'm like, click, 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 click. And all of a sudden it goes, Something was wrong. And I'm like, what happened? The machine. The ghost was in the machine. So I hand it to Justin. Justin starts doing it. And it does the same thing. Except here's the thing. We're not touching any like buttons on the remote. It just is like doing it on its own. The Xbox wanted to be a part of our podcast. It was like, I want to pick a movie. And decided it was going to pick for us. First, it kept coming back to Dead Snow, which is apparently about Hitler zombies. And I was like, maybe we should just watch that since it keeps going back to that. Justin goes, no. What? No. We're not going to watch Dead Snow. What about being John Malkovich? And I go, that could be your movie if you want to pick that one. No. I'm like, so what you're saying is that you want to watch being John Malkovich, but you want me to pick it as my movie. So you're free to pick your own movie. This has become a long, needless story. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, yeah, kind of, I don't know. So then after about 30 minutes, I was like, this sucks. I'm just going to pick the next movie that pops up. And it happened to be this movie called Feed the Fish. (laughs) That's no, here's here's what you said. You said, look, it's Monk. We're going to watch Monk. And (laughs) And that's all you said. Then you chose this movie. And I was like... I think I said this a lot. I was like, watch him only be in it for like five minutes. He did say that. <laughs> even, even though his bit, his head is like 75% bigger than everyone else's head on the front of the cover. Of the cover? You had... Yeah. It shows the cover. Like the, oh. the DVD cover when Got you're it. like flicking through the movies. And Tony Shalhoub's head is like ginormous. At this point, I was slap happy, you guys. And I was giggling because I thought it was a fun little random choice, some sort of indie flick called Feed the Fish that apparently had Monk in it. And Justin laughed with me for a solid minute and then finally goes, are you serious? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Well, it's like it's all, all the cinematic, you know, treats that await you on our queue. We have like over 300 movies. Like Dead Snow. And you picked this movie that wasn't even on our queue. Like, randomly because of Tony Shalhoub's big head. But I didn't, like, search for Tony Shalhoub and then come up on it. I didn't, like, find him that way. It just happened to appear because the Xbox had a mind of its own. Anyway. It, like, fast-forwarded to that. And I went, okay. (laughs) Fast-forward to the movie actually starting. Yes. So. (laughs) What? It's about, this movie is about a, a children's book writer. He's an unknown actor. Not Tony Shalhoub. And he has writer's block. He writes this first book, which actually I think is somewhat subversive because it's all about um, a, like a cat, I guess, trying to feed the fish. But the fish, I don't know what, mutilates the cat or something? It's like Tom and Jerry. Yeah, it is. It's like Tom and Jerry, but it's subversive, more subversive than that. It's violence. Yes. So it does really well. And the publisher wants to give him an advance to write like eight more of these books or at least one. And for whatever reason, he can't seem to do it, even though it's a children's book about a cat and a fish. And it's stupid. That part is stupid. I agree with you, Justin. Don't worry. I'm with you there. This is all happening in California, by the way. Then, Justin's laughing at me because I'm being long-winded, but it's important that you know what's going on. Then, some random guy and some random girl show up at the writer's apartment and are like, 
hey, what's going on? And she's like, I hate you because you're my boyfriend and you do everything wrong. And why haven't you written a book? Because the publisher gave you the advance money and you've already taken it and you haven't written anything. It's been six months. (laughs) And he's like, please get me away from her. So they go to Wisconsin so he can try the big polar bear plunge, which is apparently when it's like 18 degrees outside, you on Christmas Day take a big naked dive into um, like an ice flow fishing place. <laughs> that is the technical term, right, Justin? You're just laughing at me this whole time. You're even talking. You're just laughing silently, giggling in your wine. No, I'm just watching you recount this terrible movie. It wasn't terrible. Okay, it wasn't terrible, but it was pretty bad. <laughs> like it started out so, um, you know, I thought it was going to be weird and quirky because he was this, you know. Writer of children's books. The, the books were mainly about violence. And then he got this writer's block. And then the next scene was him taking a bath while his fish is like sitting right next to him on the bathtub. And he pours a little bit out of his beer into the fish bowl. <laughs> I forgot about that. And fish we were, was his best friend. And we were like, rock on. He's giving his fish some beer. It's going to be an awesome movie. And then he's like... I've got to clear my head. Let me go to this place where it's freezing all the time. And then I was like... Well, it turns out that the filmmaker is from this little town. Turns out the filmmaker is the nephew of Tony Shalhoub. Is he? Yes. Oh my God, I didn't know that. Yeah, so... Oh, now it Connect the dots. (laughs) No, like I said, it wasn't horrible, but it was just like... It was like... Milt- it was Miltos. It was boring, man. It was. It had boring parts, except for the part where the honey badger comes and bites okay. his friend in the crotch. Okay, that that part was really random. And I, when that happened, I was like, okay, we're back to the beginning of really weird and quirky. That that works. And then the, the guys in the hospital for pretty much the rest of the movie because yeah. he got attacked by this badger in the balls. Pretty. Well, much. wait, we have to go in chronological order. So. It turns out that the annoying girl and the guy who walked in the writer's apartment are brother and sister. I don't know why, because they look nothing alike. Doesn't matter. The brother's like, I'm going to take you to Wisconsin for the polar bear plunge. Writer says, okay. They go there, and the little um, ribbon tells us that it's 19 degrees and dropping. Apparently, this takes place in Door County. Justin, have you ever heard of Door County? Door County? Door County. No. It's very close to, um, uh, where do the Packers play? Green Bay. Green Bay. I was thinking in my head, to be honest with you guys, the reason I hesitated was I was thinking of Glace Bay, which is where my dad is from. That's entirely different. But Green Bay. Wisconsin. Yeah. Very cold and desolate. And it's really tiny. So if you were a writer and you're having writer's block, would you want to go to a place where it's 19 degrees on a good day or would you rather go to Hawaii? Hawaii? Well, here's the thing. If you have writer's block... You might not want to go to Hawaii because it's so distracting. There's so many things to do. You're like, I could go snorkeling today. No, I could go shopping. No, I could go diving. No, I could go in a helicopter in a volcano. You could do all that in Wisconsin. No? No. But that's the whole point. You go to Wisconsin because, specifically because there's nothing there. So hopefully... I don't know. I guess I'm different. I would just want to, like, Hawaii, like, open my head, like... You know, when, when I think about going to cold weather, I think about The Shining and, like, being trapped inside and going insane, pretty much. That means nothing to me because I have not seen The Shining. 
Or Reddit, because it was a book first. Or Reddit, because I haven't read the book either. There's been like three different versions of that. You haven't seen any. Oh, never mind. What's the third version? We'll we'll watch that. Book, movie, video game? No, they've done like a couple (laughs) TV adaptations. Needless to say. I was kind of hoping for shiny video game. You definitely wouldn't go to the cold. I know you wouldn't go to the cold. No, I would. Over going to Hawaii if you wanted if you had rides block? If it were specifically for that, not because I wanted a vacation. I mean specifically for that, yes I would, because I feel I would I I buy into the whole if there's nothing to do, this is then you'll be forced to do what you but meant you, to do. But you go crazy when it's like fifty degrees here in LA. Right. You're saying that you would fare well in nineteen degree weather on a Warm day. Well, unlike our writer and his friend who got bit in the balls, I wouldn't be going out and trying to dive into, what did I say? An ice flow fishing hole. I would be... What's the official name? Ice flow fishing hole. Always like a log flow. There you go. (laughs) I don't know what that is, but okay. I would honestly be staying inside next to the fireplace with hot chocolate being like, well, there's no TV and the weather outside looks frightful, so I think I'll write. Yep. That's it. I don't believe your choice. Okay. Don't believe my choice. So what did you think of the movie? I think it was uh, quirkier than you're giving it credit for in a good way. Was it a good movie? Not so much. One it big, had some moments. One big problem is the two leads yeah. together had um, about as much charisma as uh, log flume or whatever whatever you call the log thing. Well, wait. Here's my question, though, because the writer is paired with several different quote-unquote leads. He's first paired with the brother of his annoying girlfriend. Then he gets bit in the balls, and so he's that's out of a supporting, That's a supporting character. We're talking about the two leads, the ones that are, you know, destiny to end up together because she's You mean the, the waitress that he meets when he gets coffee? Yes. Okay. I agree there wasn't a ton of chemistry between them, but it wasn't totally unbelievable. She was cute. He was cute. It worked. But did you believe them as a couple or as... Engaging characters in a movie. I didn't believe her as the daughter of a sheriff who likes to play hockey. (laughs) So I didn't. But she did look like she did her own stunts in terms of ice skating. Oh, I believe so. I'm sure she probably did her own skating. I think I liked her more than him in the movie. Yeah, she was. She was. Well, she was a likable actress and a good person. All because we were bamboozled by Tony Shalhoub's head, pretty much. Tony Shalhoub, we should. Let fill you in, was uh, the sheriff of, of this little town in Wisconsin. I think he was the best thing about the movie. Well, yeah, he's Tony Shalhoub. He's Monk. I know, but I wanted it to be about him and his adventures as the cop pretty well, much there, more there than... Well, was... He, he had his fun moments. Basically, the way he decided he wanted to announce his arrival to our protagonist was by shooting off his gun. So sometimes you would see like the protagonist sleeping at 6 in the morning, and all of a sudden you would hear a gunshot in the distance, and you're like, oh, Tony Shalhoub's coming over. Because that was his way of kind of threatening in the beginning and staking his claim on his little town was being like, I have my eye on you, son, because you're not from around here. And when, you, when I'm coming, pew, you're going to hear it. Thanks, Monk. He, he got very Yosemite Sam in he that did. scene. He did. He did. And he, and he had like, the big Yosemite Sam mustache. He has a huge mustache, y'all. Here's my question. 
Do you think that they painted it on like with adhesive or? No, Tony Shalhoub, he probably, he grew that stuff. You think he grew it? He's method like that. Come on. Yes. You, wait. Ever Tony... seen, ever seen Big Night? No. No? No. <gasps> Tony Shalhoub and Stanley Tucci. I love Stanley Tucci. Okay. We'll have to watch that. Anyway, okay. I thought he was the best thing about the movie. And he definitely chewed the hell out of the scenes he was in. Because it, it was like he was like a, just he was sprinkled on top as like a supporting, really quirky character in, in the in the town. It feels like the rest Very of the Northern Exposure esque, which by the way, the guy from Northern Exposure was the grandpa. The guy that also that's another thing. Another guy ended up in the hospital. Like half the cast was in the hospital. But that was kind was of like, a running gag that everybody who met the out of towner ended up getting hurt or in the hospital. That's one thing. When 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 two guys are out uh, hunting with their big shotguns and they don't know you're there, don't yell at them saying, hey! Yeah, because they shot each other. Because <laughs> then you'll get shot in the testicles. But that's Tony Shalhoub's fault because he was like, basically what happens is, is our protagonist is in the cabin and there are some hunters, you know, kind of stalking out in the grounds. He doesn't know that they're hunters though. He's from Los Angeles. He thinks that they're going to like try to... Um, We're making this that seem way more interesting than this movie is. Yeah. But what, what's the word? Um, not house jack. It's not like carjacking. What's it? Home invasion. He thinks that they're going to, you know, have a home invasion because they've all got guns. So he like gets on the floor and calls Tony Shalhoub, the little sheriff, and he's like, there are people outside my house. What do I do? They have guns. And they're brightly colored. I, maybe they're a part of a gang. They're all wearing the same color. They're in a gang. And Tony Shalhoub's like, you asshole. They're not in a gang. They are... Did you say asshole? No, but that was general attitude. <laughs> I, he might have called him an idiot. He, he was like, listen, douchebag. They are hunters. They're there to shoot deer, not to shoot you. How about you be a good neighbor and go outside and offer them some hot cocoa? Yeah, I don't. I still understand why we're still talking about this movie <laughs> and the scene and so so much depth. No, but that was the whole point. Then he goes out. He's like, "Hey!" And then they shoot each other. And then you're afraid he's going to go to jail because he's like, "I just wanted to offer them hot cocoa." They go inside and they're like, "You don't even have hot cocoa. You're a liar." Anyway, if you want to watch a movie about a guy that goes back to like a uh, hometown type of movie in the cold, watch Beautiful Girls. That's a really good movie. <laughs> With Natalie Portman and Timothy Hutton. I really thought you were going to plug Feed the Fish. Or watch Long Kiss Goodnight. It's not the same type of movie, but it happens in the cold weather How about if you're from Wisconsin, watch this movie? Because if you like your talent homegrown, as one critic said, you will enjoy it. Yeah, I just think it needed a better script. The script was kind of just like... Ugh. It needed a better director. Well, the guy, it was a one, is a Barbara Streisand again. I think he wrote it, produced it, and directed it. Really? Yeah. So it was like a, a hometown type of... Yes. What well, that's called? where he's from. Yeah. Yeah, so he wanted to take some money and take, you know, a movie to his little hometown, Wisconsin, and film something. Okay. Well, I think that's... It's a valiant effort to want to bring some, bring a movie back to your hometown or whatever. Would what you I, do that? Would I do that? We've yes. already talked about this. Of course I would do that. I know. We've talked about this, but we haven't talked about this on the podcast. If my uncle was Tony Shalhoub, I would, yes, I would definitely do a movie and I would put his head. What if, like, what if. It would even, you wouldn't even see, like it was just his nose, like Tony Shalhoub's nose well, and cover the DVD cover. To my knowledge, you don't really have uncles. So let's assume it was Papa. What if Papa... Papa Nick 
suddenly, I don't know what, he hit the big time. Like, let's say he was on some sort of show and, like, then became an overnight sensation. Okay. And was sounds... really, really famous. Yes. How, what would your movie be about and how would you include Papa in it in North Carolina? Go! Uh, it would be sort of like uh, that William Shatner show, but much, much better. Shit my dad says. It would be like shit my grandpa says. You mean bleep my, my dad says? Yeah, shit my grandpa says. Nice. Or either that or he would be in his own western, sort of like True Grit. So, but he would be the star. He wouldn't be sprinkled on top. In no, he'd be, the, he'd be the, he'd be the shaloub. <laughs> <laughs> Papa Nick, I hope you're listening to this. You will be the shaloub, if you know who that is. Yeah, like even though this movie wasn't that good, I, I'm still a big fan of shaloub. Yeah, please monk. His monk. Do you like him better as monk or as his little sheriff in this movie? Um, well, considering I've only seen like one episode of Monk in my lifetime, oh, I'm sure I've heard re- really good things about Monk. So, like I said, Big Night, Stanley Tucci, great movie with him in it. Okay, I'll make you watch it. You'll love it. So, wait, wait, wait! But one last question. Yeah. Did the polar bear plunge? Did that idea? Appeal to you? Would you ever do the polar bear plunge? <laughs> Go. No. Okay. Did it remind you of Wee Spa? Oh, no. The Wee Spa is a Korean spa here in Los Angeles where they literally force you to go naked if you are in anything other than the co-ed area. Co-ed area, you can wear shorts and shirt that they provide. Outside of that area, you have to go a la nude. <laughs> and I was like the one white girl. It was interesting. And Justin was, like, the one white boy. And not only that, but, like, literally three feet taller than the tallest man there. It was like that scene in The Wizard of Oz where they're all happy and singing with the the, um, the munchkins. But <laughs> everybody was naked. And no, one, and no one was singing. And I was the only tall one. <laughs> oh, dear. I remember when I met up with you and what you asked me. And I, and I was like, no. I did not. I can't say it. Then we'll push this podcast into R. You know, open your life to new experiences, people. <laughs> Said the boy who really did not want to go to the Wii Spa, and I basically had to like force him into the car to come with me. No, man. Like I said, it was definitely something very out of my realm of experience. It was out of your so comfort I, zone. So, yes. So, I was a little anxious about it, but I did it and... Did you go in the actual spa, like the hot water spa, naked? Yes. How'd that work out? It was very uncomfortable. <laughs> were you the only one or were there other people? Well, we've already talked about this. There was like one really hot one and then there was one super hot one, so... Temperature, not like hot... Korean guys. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's talking about the temperature of the water. Anyway, enough about the Wii Spa. (laughs) You brought it up. Sorry, I did. I only brought it up because they had one room there. And it was like, it was in the co-ed parts. He had these like shorts and a shirt on. But it was like negative 20 degrees in there or something. No, it was 46 degrees. It felt like negative 20. Yeah. It felt awesome. It was the ice room. And uh, the reason it felt awesome is because there were three other rooms with varying degrees of hotness. Like one is, you know, 110. Next one's like 125 degrees. And then this other room had like this full Korean band and they were so sexy that the hotness was just like astronomical. No? <laughs> that, never, that never happened. No. No. Sorry. The Jimajang room. The Jimajang? 
What is that called? Jimmajang Room. I don't know. Something like that. No, that's what they call the whole co-ed area. Yeah. The Jimmajang. That place was awesome. Yep. Everybody was like watching soap operas and stuff. Thank you, Joy Plots, for <laughs> the opportunity. Uh, she sent us to the Wee Spa for Christmas. and Thanks, Joy. She's an all sort of awesome person. Nice. When I get my hands on some sort of certificate to like, I don't know, what, when am I? I'm Canadian. A Canadian spa, I will be sure to send you. <laughs> Want to jump in, eh? <laughs> be, the ice fishing flow hole is over there, eh? You could jump in and do the polar bear plunge. Uh, yeah, the polar bear plunge. Yeah. Or you could go coal mining or cod fishing. I don't think I want to do either of those things. Or the polar bear plunge. It's a little too cold for me. Um, so final grade, what would you give Feed the Fish? C. Oh, C. Yeah. What do you give it? I don't know. In- I it, it, I'd probably have to give it incomplete since I think I fell asleep during the last 10 minutes. You did. I, and honestly, I did too. I don't know if he took the plunge. <laughs> oh I was going to ask you. I was going to be like, did he actually take the plunge at the end? Actually, I watched it back today. No, you didn't. I'm not going to tell you. I don't want to spoil it. You did not watch it back today. You were a liar. <sighs> dirty, dirty man. Anyway, so... His friend takes the plunge. I know that. Because I saw something about some guy jumping in. I just don't know if he did it himself. Watch the movie. It's a good incentive for you to watch it. One ball, one, one, one testicle dude. No, he, 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 they saved them both from the badger. Just barely. Watch Honey Badger on YouTube, by the way. It's hilarious. We were thinking of that the entire time we were watching this. Honey Badgers are crazy. They don't care. Think that Honey Badger cares? He don't care. <laughs> oh, so after your movie... I was so, like, the morale is so low. We were just tired. That I was like, oh, man, what am I going to watch? And I was thinking, okay, I want to watch something new and something that's, like, controversial. So, luckily, the um, foreign language selection this year for the Oscar oh, dear. for Best Foreign Film was on instant uh, Netflix. Dogtooth from Greece. And that's what we watched, Dogtooth. I feel like in order to get into the frame of mind to talk about dog tooth after feed the fish, I have to like, if I was in a car right now and I was driving it, I'd have to be like, and like go off the side of the road and maybe off a cliff. Oh, it's like for the cliff, it's kind of like how you drive normally. (laughs) Ow. That was deserved. That's abuse. Everyone heard that. It was on your knee. You'll be okay. You know what? What? I kind of love dog tooth. I like dog tooth too. I'm not going to lie. What? What? I didn't say I didn't like dog. I wasn't like you saying there during Feed the Fish going, this is horrible. Why did you choose this? No, because at the end of dog tooth, you're like, I like Feed the Fish better. No, because I was disappointed. With, you know how <laughs> I am with endings. You know. You just lied and I just called you out on your lie. That is not true. All right, you guys. Here's the deal. Because there's no way you love Feed the Fish, but you said no, you love Feed the Fish more than you love dog tooth. I said that in a moment of rage. Oh, okay. So it was rage. Yes, it was the rage talking. Because I can't handle movies, and this probably makes me uh, less intelligent and creative than I purport to be in my daily life. Sorry. But, you know, spoiler alert, I don't like movies that are open-ended at the end. I need an ending. It's another one where it wasn't really open-ended. It was open-ended. It wasn't totally spelled out. But it was implied. It was, it was heavily implied. I don't think it was heavily when, implied. Well, let's, I mean, let's not get into the end of the movie. Let me ask what we'll you thought it. of it <laughs> as a whole. It was crazy, and in a good way. 
Uh, basically, and I'm not going to give you a scene-by-scene scene thing like I did for Feed the Fish. I did that, by the way, because I know most of you will never see it. Uh, the case with Dogtooth is that a family takes homeschooling, we'll call it, a little too far. Uh, they basically don't let their three children outside the compound, and they live on a, an expansive property in Greece. They are never allowed outside, and in order to keep them submissive and, and wanting to stay on the compound, they lie to them about what's going on, on the outside. However, they never tell us of the audience what it is that they're supposed to be afraid of. It's just implied that some big bad is out there that they can't go out until they're, they lose their dog, too. They're not ready. No, they have uh, human-eating cats. Well, that happens later. They take advantage of a situation that a cat walks into the garden, and the older son's never seen a cat before, so he slaughters it with pruning shears. And uh, the father decides, ooh, this is a good opportunity. Let's tell them that these are, let's tell them that they're cats, but basically they make up their own meanings for common words. And they're like, cats are monsters that will eat you to death and maul your family. That's why you can never go outside. Basically, and I've already discussed this with Chrissy, so she knows, it's a really more screwed up version of The Village, the M. Night movie, that most people didn't like. and That I never saw. I kind of liked until the third, the last third of the movie, pretty much. But anyway, yeah, it's uh, definitely a movie about how isolationism kind of screws with people's heads if they um, are left to their own devices. And, you know, the parents don't need a license to have kids can, you know, severely mess up their kids' lives, pretty much. But here's the funny thing, and not so much funny haha, just as it is like, oh. Uh, over the years, periodically, you'll hear in the news some sort of whacked out story about how some guy in Germany had a 16-year-old daughter that he was keeping in the basement for her entire life. And, you know, now that she has been rescued, she's like, sunshine? What is sunshine? And, you know, what, grass? Like, they common things they've never seen, and they have no vocabulary for even and the mom and dad knowing that in this periodically will feed them uh, language tapes with words like for instance we all know what a telephone is in English and they teach their children that telephone means salt shaker like it's literally like a language lesson telephone is the device that holds the salt at the table which can you know it can be kind of funny when you think about it but then they have things like they're, the the girls' private parts are called keyboards. Yes. <laughs> and unfortunately, one of the girls picks up a pornographic DVD and, you know, cover your ears if you're under 18 at this point. But she asks her mother, she's like, what is a pussy? And the mother goes, where did you hear that? She's like, I saw it on the video box and I want to know what it means. She's like, it means very large light. Big shining light. You would use it in the context of, please turn the pussy off. Well. Yeah. I, hey, I'm just quoting the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what did you like like about it since you said you liked it so much today? Things like that I thought were uh, very interesting. I think my favorite part was, well, because, how do I put this? It's so crazy and at times obscene that if you take it too seriously, you'll be disturbed and you won't get through it or like it. If you take it with a grain of ha-ha hilarious because it's so effing crazy, then it's more enjoyable. 
For instance, there's a scene where the father and mother decide to manipulate their children, who are adults, by the way, or close to it. They're either early 20s or late teens, the combination of the three. They don't even have names. No, we like... never learn their names. They just call them, like, the eldest and the son and whatever. But um, they threaten the children by saying, if your behavior doesn't improve, well, your mother is pregnant, and she's going to give birth to twins and a dog. And in real life, we know, because we saw the dog um, at the... I almost called it a shelter, but it's not. It's like a training camp. Basically, the father sent this dog to be trained in five stages. And we never learn what the five stages are. It doesn't really matter. But we know they're getting a dog. And so they're like, if your behavior improves, the birth of the twins can be foregone. But not the dog. The dog is happening no matter what. And and the mother chimes in. And she's like, I will give birth to the dog any day now. So little, like, crazy things like that, which my reiteration seems even crazier. But... I was laughing. I thought it was fantastic. I think my favorite part about the movie is it truly shocked you several times. Because I would, yeah, because yeah. I look over your face and you're like, "Did that just happen?" <gasps> I will tell you exactly when my face was like that. One of the times. Was, no, don't ruin it. Stop. You just keep ruining it. Don't I'm not ruining anything. When I talk about the duct tape. The duct tape. Yeah. Basically, one of the girls gets her hand on a video from the outside. Oh. Yeah, okay. And it happens to be Jaws and another video, Rocky. So, obviously, you know, having no knowledge of the outside world, she sees these two movies and this they like, literally, like, blow her effing mind. That's like you. That's like a metaphor for what you're going through in this podcast. Because you had never seen Jaws until a couple months ago. Yeah, but I don't go around quoting Jaws now in Have my daily life. you ever seen Rocky? Life. No. I should wrap Rocky around my hand with some duct tape and beat you with it. Okay. No, dude, the dad in this movie, psychopath. Whoa. I almost think sociopath is more appropriate. I think you can give him both. Yeah, so she starts quoting these two movies, like, at random intervals. She'll be in the pool, and she'll start quoting Jaws. And people are like, what is that people, you know, the family is like, where did she learn? What is she doing? And obviously, though, like, something is up, because she's quoting Jaws and Rocky. So I don't remember... Does some, what does something have to be up? Can't that be just cool? Those are two great movies well, to Well, they've literally been in a compound sheltered from sunshine. Yeah, the only thing... They don't watch TV. They don't listen... They can go outside. No, but they, only in their the only thing they watch on their TV are videos of oh, themselves. Videos. Yeah, yeah. And which they know so well that they can just spout off the lines. Or sometimes if their father allows them, they get to listen to records of Frank Sinatra. And he goes, would you like to listen to your grandfather singing? <laughs> Which, obviously, it's not their grandfather. It's Frank Sinatra. But he, like, translates the words from English to Greek, and he does it on purpose to be propagandic. Like, he'll be like, instead of, you know, um, I've got you under my skin, it'll be like, I love my parents and my compound. <laughs> like, he's translating. No, I think they, he played Fly to Me to the Moon. And yeah, he's he like, it's like you, what was his parable? Like, if you don't listen to us, we're going to fly you to the moon. No, no, he didn't do it like that. Here, do you want to sing it and I'll be the father translating? No, let's not. We don't have to watch this. Oh, that'd be a so. fun ding-ding imitation bell. No. Here, I'll sing it and you translate it then. Ready? Okay. Fly me to hey, the kids, moon. Hey, kids. You should listen to your parents. I don't know the other word. Or we're going to stick you in a toast I am Frank Sinatra. I don't know. Yeah, it didn't work. Never mind. We failed. Sorry but yeah, this movie also a little shocking on the um, 
sexual matters. But wait a minute. I didn't get to the part about why I was so shocked. After the dad found out that she'd been watching Rocky and watching Jaws, he asked her to bring him the videotapes and duct tape, and she did not know understand why. And he literally duct taped the video to his hand, like holding it, and did it round and round and round and round, and then beat her senseless with it. What? That's what I said. I implied that earlier. That I was going to beat you with but a that's Rocky. That's why I was like... Because <gasps> you've never seen it. No, I know, but I hadn't gotten to that part yet. That was shocking. I know. All right, so back to the incest. Yeah, there's incest in this movie. Hey. And it's not even like sexy incest. It's Is there such a thing as sexy incest? <laughs> no, I dropped that to see if you were listening. Okay. Yeah, the all the sexual scenes in this are definitely really awkward and embarrassing. Basically, the father employs a security guard at his factory. It's implied either that he works at or owns a factory to, you know, blind her blindfold herself, hop in his car, ride with him to the compound, and then service the son. Eventually, it, it, it's discovered that she was the one who gave the eldest daughter um, the she's, tapes. She's the one that pretty much flicks the dominoes yeah. on everything going on in this movie, which is pretty right. brilliant once it starts happening. So the father, after beating his own child with the cassette, the video cassette in his hand, duct tape, <laughs> he goes to Christina, which is the girl who services the son, to her apartment is like, do you like the perfume I got you? I like the perfume we got you. We, we thought long and hard about what to get Christina. We thought, let's get her perfume. Oh, you have a VCR. Bam! And he like hits her over the head with the VCR and beats her with it. Wow, that's spoiler warning on that one. Yeah, that's the end of Christina. She doesn't, I don't think she dies, but that's the last we see of her. So then he's like, well, somebody has to service the son. What are we going to do? I know. Let's let him choose between his sisters. At this, at this point, I started thinking of uh, the what's the weird Arkansas family with like the nineteen the Duggars, the Duggars, what? And how they they're like homeschooled. Oh my god! And I'm like, what if they went crazy and started getting murderous? Is this happening? That would be a rampage because there's so many of them. It'd be like Children of the Corn times ten. What does this have to do with sister and brother incest? No, how they're like they're homeschooled and they're isolated from other kids and that they're never mind then stop giving me that face i just don't understand we were talking specifically about the incest part of it and you're like this makes me think of the duggars you know jim bob and michelle and they're 19 kids my bad only one of which is over 18 i don't have a lot of incest stories at at, at, at the waiting to tell so yay Okay. Okay, it doesn't remind me of the Duggars at all. Oh, God. Weird. Now I can't watch that show. How, I'm surprised you'd be like, that reminds me of John and Kate plus eight. What happens if those eight kids decide they get it on with each other? Oh, I didn't even take it that far. That, that's what, no, that's how I, how you just felt when I said that was how I felt when you said, like, what about the Duggars? What if the Duggars started dating... The Goslins. We've officially gone awry. That wouldn't be incest at all, but that would be kind of weird. It would be kind of weird. Yes, it would. But then they would, like there'd be a population explosion because each couple would have like their own nine kids. No, I don't think so. They no, because they each these two big families had kids for different reasons. Jim, Bob, and Michelle are like crazy. We don't believe in birth control people. Well, the the first couple, the the oldest son already has two kids now. 
No, he has one. The second's on the way. Second's on the way. So he's already started his his own 19. Right. Whereas John and Kate plus eight, John and Kate wanted kids, but they couldn't have them naturally, so they had help. It was a fertility thing. And then they decided, well, I guess we're not going to, you know, do selective reduction. It's okay. I know the story. You don't have to be an apologist for the the Goslins. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Quick. (laughs) If you had to date a Goslin and your gender didn't matter, which one would you pick? (laughs) Because <laughs> that's not more awkward at all. <laughs> They're only like six years old. I was thinking of John and Kate. Not the kids. Ew. <laughs> oh, I would definitely date John Goslin. <laughs> I love his abs. His Ed Hardy shirt. <laughs> his receding hairline that seated and then, and, and then receded again. That's how bad it is. Wow. Weren't, weren't, weren't. What are we talking about? Oh, dog tooth. So, <laughs> before we get to the spoilers, what was your, would you say your favorite scene was? Oh, uh, the part where they threatened the kids that if their behavior didn't improve, which by the way, what were they doing wrong in the first place? They kept saying, like, your behavior needs to improve if you improve. And by the way, they use stickers as rewards, like they're five. Um, and the winner, uh, whoever had the most stickers gets to decide what the family does that night. Like, tonight we're going to watch home videos. I wonder how many stickers Stephanie was. The son had to, like, save up, like, 30 stickers for Stephanie to come visit him. Christina? Oh, Christina. I was like... <laughs> Stephanie. And this whole time, I was trying to, like, I was like, in my head, who's Stephanie? We didn't learn the name of the Yeah, characters. I was like, there's one, only one character name, pretty much. Yeah, so I was like, who? Christina. And you're like, Stephanie. <laughs> Pre-VCR... Pre-VCR uh, Pre-VCR beating? Beating, yeah. Get down. The, okay. Yeah, but then, and they were like, if you don't improve, your mother's going to give birth to twins and a dog. I was like, this is awesome. I want to tell my kids that. I'm totally going to do that. Listen, listen, gang. Everything was nonsensical with them. It's like, right. if, you don't, if you don't be good, I'm going to whip you with this rainbow stick. Yeah. And they didn't know that, the kids didn't know that telephones existed or what they were. They, again, they thought a salt shaker, the name for that was telephone. That whenever the I'm mother. Lick your shoulder. Yeah. Whenever the mother, like locked herself in the bedroom to secretly talk on the phone. They thought she was just talking to herself. And they'd be like, Mom's talking to herself again. <laughs> yeah, little things like that. Those, was, yeah. It was funny. But all good things must come to an end. Yeah, like halfway through it starts, there's random, like really short bouts of violence that you're like, whoa, where did that come oh from? Oh my God, yeah, like... This requires a little bit of backstory. Whenever an airplane flies overhead, the parents have decided to um, indoctrinate their kids with the idea that their toy planes, because they have no concept of what a real airplane would be and how, like, you know, it looks smaller in the sky, but it's actually bigger in real life. So whenever an airplane flies overhead, the mother from inside the house flies a toy airplane outside and it lands in the grass. And whoever is deemed, quote, most... um, What's the word? Uh, deserving gets the airplane out of the the toy airplane out of the grass and is like, there it is. They really think toy airplanes are landing in their backyard, the same planes that they're seeing in the sky. So that happens. These kids are idiots. Pretty much. And that happens. And one of the girls gets it. And the 20 something boy wants to play with it because, you know, he's like five mentally, I guess. And the sister gets really mad and she takes uh, a knife and she puts her knife and she like slices his arm open. And you're like, oh my god, random violence, what's happening? Hey man, he wanted that uh, plane for himself. 
You know what my favorite scene was? What? The dance scene. Oh, yes. I understand entirely. They put on a dance show for their for their you don't have to, anniversary. The, the, there's a dance. You don't have to recount it. I don't know. I'm just saying that that's what happens. They put on a dance show. That's it. There you go. I just like it because the older, um, the elder girl is a much better dancer than the boy and the younger girl. She like really gets into it like she's in step step up three or whatever. No, no. Like yes. she's Kristen Wiig in an SNL skit. <laughs> no, she's got some moves, dude. Oh dear. She's like a PYT up there, like doing like the pirouettes and stuff. She was the church lady dancing. The church lady. She did the little shuffle. She was like. Like across that, that the room. Was just, that was just one of her repertoire. Right, and then she moves. did some floor work where she like flopped on the floor like a fish. Where did she learn all these moves? Well, my guess is that the actress herself was a dancer at some point because she did spot her turns. No, but where did the actual character learn these moves? I think it was improvised. Just improvised? Just the spirit yeah. filled her? Yeah. Like I think she the first part was choreographed she, with her sister. She didn't get to watch any like dance movies or dance videos. I'm or not going to lie. I kind of want to watch that scene again. It's really good. And then she decides, she's decided um, to move out of the compound. But the only way that her parents will let her, she thinks, is if she loses her, quote, dog tooth, which is like an incisor. All right. Let's talk about the final scenes that you find it so controversial and so open-ended. That's what we're doing. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning from here on out. You should really watch the movies. It's, it's like, I'm afraid we're going to, all these people are like, go watch it and they're going to be really shocked that we liked it because it's so, like, violent and off-putting. And awkward. Yeah. No, you should watch it. Okay. But she, as opposed to, I don't know, getting pliers and, you know, pulling out her tooth, which would have been painful enough in and of itself. Dude, I would have, I would have like screamed out in the theater if I had seen it in the theater in this. I'd be like, what? It's just so, it comes out of nowhere. Yeah. You see a hand weight sitting by the sink in the bathroom. And I don't know if you thought this, Justin, but I was like, why is there a hand weight in the bathroom? That's kind of weird. Are they going to work out in front of the bathroom mirror? Brushing your teeth and. Lifting weights while you do it. I'll do that tonight. I'm going to do that tonight just to see how it works. I'm doing my multitasking here. I'm totally going to do that tonight. No. Without, like, any aplomb, she she approaches the bathroom sink and mirror, grabs the hand weight, and knocks it in her effing face. Like, right at her teeth. Blood splurts everywhere. And she doesn't stop there because that doesn't knock the tooth out. That's the thing about this movie. There's, like, a lot of long, like, shot. This is not like a Michael Bay film with lots of edits. There's a lot of long, just holding shots. And this yeah. is one of those, and you're just like, no, like, go away, no. Don't do it again. Oh, gosh, she did it again. Fast forward, oh, fast forward. Oh, there's blood in the mirror. Yeah, that happened. And then after, like, four knocks to the face. And I can't she's, even say. That's, she's pretty tough, dude. Yeah. I was but like, she didn't Whoa. even, like, knock it out in one. Cause she hit herself so many times. She didn't knock it out in one, like, fell swoop. She, you know, shattered, basically, her tooth into pieces. And then, it, you know fell in the sink and then that was good enough for her now she was able to walk in the garden at night and leave the compound but she knew she wouldn't be able to get far so she opens her father's trunk to his mercedes and puts herself inside and then shuts the door so they won't find her and they don't find her yeah well instantly i was like why there's no way I was like, there's no way she's going to be able to get out. And you're like, no, there's a latch. I did say that. You're right. <laughs> and I was like, she's dead. That's it. And that was pretty much the end of the scene. Like, he drove to work in, in the morning and parked the car. And that was the, the last shot of her, of the car getting left as she's probably dead from, you know, over, over bleeding slash exciation pretty much. 
I would not want to open the trunk and find that hot mess. There's your daughter, who's, by the way, they, they actually made quite a point of making her clothes really bloody after the event because you lose a lot, there's a lot of blood in your mouth. Can I just tell you from somebody who's worked with kids for so long, when they get hurt, even if it's a tiny cut in the mouth, there's so much blood in your mouth, you will bleed like you are dying. Which she most likely did. Right. So she was covered in blood. And I'm sure he's going to open his trunk and find the daughter covered in blood and think she was probably, like, beaten to death and put in the, in the trunk. But I love that was the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's the end. And it's, it's a little bit like Inception where the spinning top is spinning and they're filming it and you're waiting for it to fall. And you're like, it's going to fall. The top is going to fall. Any day. Oh, it's wobbling. It's going to fall. It's going to black. Like, it's like that where you go, did it really fall? Was it a dream? I don't know. That's kind of what happened in this movie. Like, he left the engine on. You could hear the engine running. And you're like, is she going to open the trunk and come out now? Is she going to leave? Is she going to wait for the car to be turned off? It's been a really long time. Why isn't anything happening? And then it goes to black. He's probably going to discover at the end of the day. And he's going to be just kind of pissed off that she, she got blood on his car. But that's the main thing. He'll be like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Bring on the dog. <laughs> the dog is at its fifth level of change. Bruce? 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 That was really funny. The eldest daughter decides at one point after watching uh, Jaws that she wants to be called Bruce. And she tells her younger sister, if you call out Bruce, I will turn my head. If you call out Bruce while I am walking, I will turn around. Like, she didn't even say, like, call me Bruce and that's the name I'm going to respond to. She would give, like, weird sentences like that. Like, I will turn my head. So the younger sister's like, that's stupid. I want to pick a name. How about back? I'm like, you can't be back. That's, you're back. You can't do it. So then the little sister just starts calling her Bruce at random intervals. She'll be like, Bruce? And every and the older sister makes a big show of like turning around and like looking dejectedly, like what? What do you want, Bruce? <laughs> Bruce? So what if maybe she did survive and there's gonna be a dog tooth too? I don't know how that would work. <laughs> We didn't even discuss the whole fact that there was an imaginary brother living on the outside and they had a mock funeral for him because he got blown up. No, I thought the cat Or the ate cat him. ate him. I'm sorry. You're right. But there was blood. Fake blood. Movie, man. It was crazy sauce. And it might win. It, it, we we got to pull for it for an Oscar now. Oh, for sure. Because it's so crazy. I want to watch it again. Yes? Yeah. You want to watch Feed the Fish again? Bruce? <laughs> Bruce? <laughs> not let me rephrase that about dog tooth because now i'm remembering all the funny parts and the parts i really liked there are some parts i would want to fast forward through and be like i know what happens i've seen it i don't really care to see the brother have sex with christina or his sister oh this is the awkward hand job scene again i yeah. can fast forward through this yeah pretty much awkward hand job okay oh this is the scene where the mother and father watch porn i could go through pass through that too I forgot that the dad, was, he puts on his, like, little oh, headphones oh, before he has sex, and he, like... No, they both did. They had, like, one cassette player that had two, um, out, this sounds bad, out holes, and they put, like, you know, the... the yeah, they did. <laughs> and they put the headphones in each, and the mother wore one, and he wore the other, and we don't know if it's music, a language tape, who knows, but then they, like, start having sex, and it's just... Disgusting, by the way. Neither of them are attractive in the slightest. Well, that's where the twins and the dog came from. 
Ruff, I'm just, oh yeah, and then the father's like, now I'm going to teach you all how to bark to get away from the cat monster, and he teaches his children to get down on all fours and bark, and it's the only way that will survive against the cat monster. Oh, man. I know, it sounds like we're on crazy pills, but you really need to watch this movie. Just do it. Yes. And say thank you. And say... Thank you, come again. <laughs> so what would be your final grade? B+. plus. Nice. What would you give it? Probably the same. Yeah. Much better, much better than Feed the Fish. I was just so angry, you guys, at the end when you saw that the car trunk didn't open and you're waiting to find out what happens either way, and then it goes to black. That's when I got mad. I was like, Feed the Fish was better! Even though I fell asleep for the end. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Good times. Fish and dogs. And incest. Incest. Gross. Dogfish. Ah, I feel like I need a shower now. Is this guy wearing a monocle? Monocles are in. There's a guy on TV who is not wearing a monocle. It's actually by, or glasses, you know, by goals. And it has the, like, a string attached to it like a monocle would. It was weird. It's like old say. Totally unrelated to the movies, but I just saw it and had to share. There you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. If you see me lifting weights or later on, you know why. Dude, I'm going to get some, like, heavy, like, hand weights and so I can brush my teeth and... Knock your teeth out? Yeah. <laughs> no, I won't be knocking out. I'll, I'll be working on some buys and tries while I'm brushing my teeth. By the way, if and when we have children in the future and I ever see you ask them to bring you the duct tape, I'm going to be like, run. <laughs> He's going to beat you with some object taped to his hand. Run. <laughs> Just letting you know now. Like a Nerf ball or something. I will, however, threaten our children when they misbehave that if they continue to, I will give birth to twins and a dog. I will give birth to twins and a dog. (laughs) Yeah, in their world, you might as well have been able to. I just did. Just now? (laughs) No. How's that working out? (laughs) It's great. Okay. Wow. Well, that's it for this week. If you have any comments or, you know, I don't know what, pills that would help us stay off the crazy juice. Or crazy juice. Or crazy juice. We like that, too. Uh, Feel free to contact us on Twitter. We've already discussed why this is the case. But my name is Chris, K-R-I-S, Winters, like season, but plural, all one word. And Justin is Justin Winters. Really easy. There you go. The end. There you go. No, please don't beat yourself with a wine glass. Okay. Okay. Dog. Glad we had this talk. Feed fish. Okay. Good night.